Buddy, hope everybody is uh, doing well. If you notice a new background here, it's not fake. It's actually my uh, my new office in the shul. Uh, after our issues with uh, with the internet last week, I figured I'd try this week uh, from the shul. We'll see how it goes. Um, uh, not your my typical topic. Uh, I would say kvura kvura Israel Jewish burial. Um, it does fit, as I mentioned in the email, with the, the National Association of Chaver Kadisha Rabbi Zone. I want to know Rabbi Zone. Uh, who's a, a, a gadol and really a, amazing, amazing person in terms of um, training Chavar's Kadisha, in terms of um, resources for people, for, for Rabbanim, for, for lay leaders, for everybody really in terms of this issue. And every single year, Parashas Vayechi, NASC, the National Association of Chavar's Kadisha, they run a, what's called Team Shabbos, where they, tra- they ask shuls around the country, the 350 shuls, involved in Team Shabbos, so it's either Shabbos or during the week, um, asking um, Rabbanim to teach topics related to, uh, you know, the mitzvah of Kura, the mitzvah, you know, mitzvahs related to Kura, um, the importance of Jewish burial, uh, all kinds of questions like that that come up. Um, you know, they talk about, uh, we've talked before about writing, you know, writing a will and things like that, the importance of these types of issues. Um, so I figured this week was a good week to do it um, because, uh, you know, Parshat uh, Vayechi, uh, deals with the burial of Yaakov Avinu. So I thought it's a good opportunity to admit to that, that, you know, unfortunately we, we do see, uh, we do come into contact with, but I think know very little about the details as to why we do what we do and some of the things that we're not supposed to do. Um, and also, just some, you know, just in terms of the, the value, the value that we as Jews place on uh, the mitzvah of kavura. It doesn't. It's not very um, exciting, and it's, it's it's sad and depressing at times. But it's a really, uh, on the other hand, a very beautiful mitzvah. Um, uh, one that we don't want to do, but then when we do do when we do have, you know, have it come to us, there's really a lot of value, a lot of beauty in the chesed that's done. And we'll talk about that as to why it's so central to who we are as a people. So let's get started. Uh, source number one in the sheet is a pasuk in Parshas Kitetze. Um, and fascinatingly, this is not the only example of a mitzvah that we learn from how we treat those who are executed in Bezdin. We have uh, other halachos, actually the halacha that you're not allowed to strike another person um, is learned from how we give malchus in Bezdin. In Bezdin you give malchus, we don't give any extra. And that's actually how we learn that in general you can't strike any, any other person. Um, you can't strike a, a person who's deserving of it, so you can't strike somebody else. So similarly, the halachos here, find, we find the same thing here. With the how Bezdin works teaches us a lot about how we treat other other and any other Jew. If a person would be executed in Bezdin, almost never happened one in seventy years. It would happen if it would happen. So what you do, they would actually they would actually um, after the person had passed away, they would then hang them on a tr- on a tree uh, for people to see um, uh, for a little bit of time. However, they'd only do it for a little while because they would make sure they bury the person that same exact day that they were killed. Because it's a, it's a disgrace to Hashem to have you know, uh, you know, a, a, a deceased person left out like that. Don't, shouldn't desecrate your, the land that Hashem gave you by treating those who had passed away in a disrespectful way. So from here we learn the concept uh, of the what the Israel what's called Baal Talin, you're not allowed to leave a person uh, not buried overnight. So it says the Gemara in Sanhedrin in source number two. And this one we actually have I brought you the, the English translation from Safaria. You can follow along there also. Uh, how do I know that someone who leaves their 
leaves someone who's passed away overnight uh, and doesn't bury them that they violated a, a lo right? A, uh, a negative prohibition. Talmud Lomar, ki kavor tik barenu. You have to go ahead, you have to bury them. Mikan lamalnes meso sha'over velose. You see from here that if a person does so, they don't bury the individual right away that you violate the lo We know that we're very careful to try as much as possible to have a kavura happen the same day as the person passed away in Eretz Yisrael. They're very makbid. We have certain scenarios here where we're something's out of our control in, in the United States. Um, but even so, we really try very, very hard to, uh, to, to, to make the kafur happen right away. Because again, because of this issue of Baal Talin. Ike da Amri is another, another opinion, another way of saying it in the Gemara. says as follows, How do I have to see a, a, a uh, hint to the mitzvah of kafur from the Torah? Here, a, a, a remez, it's a, it's a, you know, a hint. So there's two very different ways of approaching this mitzvah. According to the first approach, it's it's You see, it's a dinda raisa, right? That a person is supposed to make sure to bury the individual on the same day, as opposed to the ikadamri. The second approach says no. It's a you see in here, meaning that really this whole concept of burying in the same day is really midrabanan. But you see a pasuk that you know hints at it. We call this a smachta usually, right? It's a it's a pasuk that that helps us see the concept, even though uh, it's not a dinda raisa. So. Um, so Amalei Shvormaka Rav Chama Kavur Min Atarmin and Shvormaka said to Rav Yechama, "How do I know that again? There's an idea of Kavur from the Torah." Ishtik Velo Amalei Vlamidi. He was quite didn't he didn't answer him. So Amar Ba'acha Bar Yaakov Im Sar Amma Bida to Tipshai. So he uh, he responds. Rav Ba'acha Bar Yaakov says the world has been handed over to the fools. Um, what what are we talk? What what is he talking about? Why? Because he should have had an answer. What his what should have answer should have been. So he says, "The kavor to the avid Right? He should have said um, again that uh, the fact that Pasuk said that you should bury him kavor. Right? That teaches me. So the Gemara says, "What does that mean? What you know? Sh- uh, you know, Shurmaka could have said back to him that maybe it only means the avid that you should make them a, 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 a coffin. It doesn't teach me that he should actually bury them. Take barenu lo mashmalei. Right? The name of me." Right, but the fact that I have the, um, again, right, so the Gemara says, but wait a second, the fact that this is Tikbaranu implies again that, that it's actually a burial. Fine, but the bottom line is that the, the Gemara comes to this conclusion without going through all the back and forth here. The bottom line is that the Gemara has two approaches. One is that it's an action, it's a mitzvah right? So to bury somebody, or it's a mitzvah midrabanan. But certainly, um, it's, a, it's a mitzvah to do so, that a person should go ahead and make sure to bury an individual uh, the, the, the very same day. Uh, the Rambam writes here, and, or in, in, even the concept in general of Kavura in general, that there's a mitzvah to bury the person forget the same day, that in general, the person should be buried. So source number three, the Rambam writes, The Rambam says that giving a eulogy is a big, a big again, uh, you know, um, honor for the person who passes away. So that people used to actually pay individuals to give hespedim, to give eulogies. But if a person says, I don't want to have any eulogies, certain certain time certain gadolim pass away and they say, we don't want any eulogies about me. So if that's happened, ain't so you have to listen to them. And you don't do so. But if the person says to his children, I don't, or to anyone you know, who's, who's alive, I don't want when I pass away, please don't bury me. We don't listen to such a person. Why? 
The Ram says, because burying someone is a mitzvah, it's a requirement. You're not allowed, Baal Talin, right, is the, the, the low saseh. Not that the person, you know, stay overnight having not been married, but there's also a mitzvah say of Kavort Tiberenus in the Ram. So you, so you see the Ram clearly believes that there is a requirement also, Minat Torah, to bury someone who passes away. And we're going to have to define what burial really means. Um, the Ram, the Gemara in Sanhedrin continues, it's that same Gemara, asks the following question, What's the reason why? What's the re- why? Why? Why Kavura? What's the reason why we, we place a body back in the ground? Where does that come from? What's the reason? So the Gemara provides two possibilities. It might be, ca- be because we don't want the body to be, it's, you know, it's embarrassing, the body decomposes, etc. If, if you don't bury it, it can, it can be you know, a bizayon to the mace. It's a, it's a desecration of the, the individual who passed away. Omishim uh, kaparu. Maybe there's some type of, again, some type of uh, spiritual elevation that takes place, an atonement for sin that takes place when the person gets buried. So look at Rashi in source number five. Rashi says, Like we said, that that, that, that the body is, is you know, decomposing. So Rashi says, the fact that you put a body in the ground, um, in the ground, that itself is, in a certain sense, um, a kapara, why? Because it's, it's, it's not a bizayon, it's not embarrassing to the person, but it's, again, the idea that a person gets placed in the ground after they die, so it's a certain, like, lowliness, or it's humbling, right? We have lots of gemara, lots of tefillos, when we say that, right? At the beginning, we were, we, 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 you know, our yesodas may afar, and at the end of the day, we go to afar, right? The idea of going back on the ground afterwards is a humbling experience for the human being. So continues the gemara there. What person says, I don't want to get buried? If the reason is because it's embarrassing for them not to be buried, so you can't listen to them. So the guy says, I don't want kaparas. Fine, so maybe you can listen to him. So the, the, the point is that you know, the, the rationale for burying someone could be either because you don't want to, it's embarrassing for the body uh, not to be buried, or because there's a certain level of kapara that comes when they get, when they get buried. Um, but, but uh, fine, so a couple of different possibilities. But the bottom line is, that's why we, we, this is why we do it. Uh, we, do, we do bury people. And remember, of course, in the old days, with the refrigeration, etc., they had no, no, no other option. And that's why burying did, did avoid that type of bizayon. And it certainly provides a kapara. We have, we have concept like this also. Another conversation, should a person be buried in Eretz Yisrael? So the Gabar talks about that one of the reasons to do so is because that the, that the, that the land of Eretz Yisrael could actually be a kapara for the person. You're buried in the land of Israel, so it gives a certain kapara to the person. So again, this is related to the same concept that the burial itself provides a, uh, a protection from that embarrassment, but it also provides a kapara for the individual. Um, so, fine. So that's the, the concept that we find so far that the Gemara talks about the Pesukim and the Gemara itself that tell us, again, a possible Isser, of not burying, a mitzvah to bury, and to do so because it prevents bizayon, it prevents the person being an embarrassment to the body, and it gives a kapara to the individual as well. Um, Rashi, in that, let's go back to that Rashi for a minute that we just saw on source number five, points out, what does it mean that it's a kapara? Because you're placed in the ground, says Rashi. Right, right down in the ground. This is the first, one of the sources of the concept of kvura being specifically bakarka. The idea that kafura happens in the ground, it doesn't happen, for example, we'll see in a, in a few minutes, in a mausoleum, um, let's say, for example, or, or uh, you know, some other type of 
structure that's not in the ground. Is that permissible? The Rashi seems to imply that that course happens specifically in the ground. As you show me in source number six, where Rabbi says something also that seems to imply, imply that he, uh, the Gemara says in the second line, Rabbi Chizkiyah Mosif al Tarbu alai Tachrichin v'tehei Aroni Nekuva Ba'aretz. That Rabbi Chizkiyah asked the question, or this made a, made a, made a request. He said that um, he wanted. Number one, he should, doesn't want to have a lot of tachrichin. Tachrichin are the clothing that the individual is placed in when they're buried. He doesn't want to have a lot of them. He wants basic, but not a lot of tachrichin. And number two, that um, my my uh, my aron, he says, my casket should be connected to the ground. Whatever that means. Nakuva might mean that it has a hole in it. There's a hole in it, uh, a hole in the aron. Um, why would that be? So some explain because what this means is that he wanted the he wanted the, even though he was buried in the coffin, he wanted to be connected to the earth, um, right? And that there should be an, a, a, a possibility for the body and the earth to be touching each other, even while he's, even while he's buried. Um, and the Torah, in the Torah, the Ramban actually makes exactly this point. The Ramban writes as follows in source number seven, Ram is like the Torah, how do I know there's an idea of from the Torah, Perush says Ramban Kvura Bakarka Kamar. It means to be buried in the ground. With a high Lishna Malin Esmesa O Mamish, the over below, as I say, the Gamar Mitaloi Gufa Ribuya to Berenic Likanizas Karka. The point being that the, the Baltalin, the idea is not to, again, to delay the burial. That's the Isra of, of delaying burial. Kavor Tik Berenu is the mitzvah to bury the person actually in the ground. Um... Yeah, if you look one, two, three, four lines in the bottom of that, of that source, he writes, mm-hmm. A person will put an individual in a coffin and then leave them in the cemetery and not bury them. That's not considered burial. That's the issue of, of, of leaving over a mace. But if a person makes a coffin and, and, and then places him in the ground, you're not going to violate the issue. So he points out that the ideal, though, is actually not to even use a coffin at all. They do an Eretz Yisrael. They bury people directly in the ground. That's actually considered the greatest, uh, the highest level of Kfura, that there's no, no separation between the body and the ground, which, again, is what this is all about, right? the body being returned to the ground, um, and therefore, that's why that's what they do in Eretz Yisrael. And in America, typically, you're not allowed to do that. So that's why they don't do so. Um, um, but, but, but that's the reason why, why Rebbe writes, you know, made this, made this request that his Aaron should be placed on the ground and also have holes in it. So that, again, his body could be at least attached to the ground. Some explain that this means that, uh, you know, that somehow they, some places have this minute that they actually remove the bottom of the coffin. So that the body can be resting on the ground, even though it's surrounded on all sides, but by 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 the by the arum. But the idea again, it being that there's a, that, that kavura means kavura bekarka, specifically in the ground. Um, the Rambam writes this also in source number eight. V'chofrin be'afar me'aros v'osin koch b'tzadim marav v'chofrin osabo upanav lamala. That they, they would bury people. We know that they, they do this in Eretz They bury people in caves, even right. It doesn't have to be. It's underground, right? At some place, it's underground. It's in the you know the side of a mountain. But then they cover the body with, with you know, with, with earth. Um, and if you're going to bury, you should bury in a, 
with, a, with, a, with an arm, it should be made out of wood. When people are malava, the people who, who, who escort the mace should say, you should go b'shalom. And we put a, a, a sign where the basic farts is, and we put, he says a nefesh, we call that, we call that a matzeva, right? Some type of mark on the kever. Um, this is all, again, this is just the Rambam telling us the din, but again, you see that the Rambam also agrees that the din is, it should ideally be um, kavura bakarka. Okay. Um, the tour quotes from his father, the Rush, um, a number of halachos, that are related to this concept. Um, and they're, they're all, again, another interesting um, details that become important in this mitzvah. And the Torah writes in source number nine, Amr of Yochan, Minan, Minat Torah. Same concept we saw from the Gemara. Right? You're not supposed to place, you're supposed to bury the person in the ground and not just place them in a, in a casket. Uh, we mentioned this before. Um, but then he points out further. Right, we said this before. If you put him in, the, in, in in the ground, even in the coffins, that's that's good enough. But the best thing is to bury directly in the ground. Um, yeah, sorry. I want to add one other piece here that he says that I think it's important to mention. Um, Yeah, but that's enough for here. But the bottom line is that, that, that the rush has the same idea. Fine. And the Shulchan Aruch passes away in, Shulchan, in source number 10. The, the Shulchan Aruch writes, Nosin Mesa Ba'arun V'lo Kavru Ba'karka Ovar Mishu Malnitz HaMais Yim Nosin Ba'arun V'kavru Ba'karka Eino Ovar Alav Yikom Malkom Yof V'lakavru Ba'karka Mamesh Aftin B'chutzar It's again quoting the Ramban directly this idea that the ideal is in the, in, the, in the ground if not at least then in a coffin that's in the ground. Fine. So one of the shadows that came up uh, you know, over time, was the question of burying in mausoleums. Mausoleums became, and I, I think there's still, you know, people who do this, who bury in mausoleums, um, in, again, in the secular world. And the question that was, you know, raised to, to a number of poskim was, is there any possibility that this is permissible? Um, and if Moshe Feinstein was asked to shell in source number 11, and he answered as follows, uh, quoting from Rav Yaakov Moskin, who, uh, Yaakov Moskin, who asked him this question, um, and he answers as follows: He nei vade shlivnos mazaliim shubinyan im kuchim sheniv nuba. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, a building basically that has, you know, uh, places to be, to place caskets. La niach sham mesim who iser gadol. It's a terrible thing to do. It's a terrible prohibition. Da'atzarech likvor dafka bakarka. As we said, we, the Gemara is clear. The Rishonim are clear. You have to bury in the earth. Can we force with Sanhedrin? Um, you can't just leave a person in a, in a casket. You have to place them in the ground. If it came bitur, etc. And so he says, I don't understand. There's no possibility that this can be uh, that this can be permissible. And he goes through all the sources that we saw before. That it's just not that, that everyone agrees that their mitzvah is, is specifically kuvur bakar. And if that's true, then a mazalim is not going to work. And he adds, adds another point also. And the second paragraph, there's another Isser here. And what's that? The There's a, the, the way, whatever this means metaphysically, 
that a, a person attains kapara is actually through the decom- decomposition of the body. As the body decomposes, so then there's going to be, the, the, as soon as that, the sooner that happens, the better in a certain sense, and it leads to a situation of kapara. So, and, and, and the person remains sort of on trial, whatever this means in Shemayim, as long as their body has not been uh, fully decomposed. So that's true. And as soon as that's done, then the kapara you know, um, has been achieved. Uh, and, and, and that's why we're going to see that he talks about the concept of placing even something on top of the body in order to allow the, the, the body to decompose. Um, and that's okay. So if that's true, says, uh, says Rav Moshe, when you place a, a body in a, in a mausoleum and the decomposition process will happen slower, so you're actually causing sorrow to the person. Um, and it, to the nefesh of the person, the neshama of the person, and therefore there's another, forget the issue simply of the mitzvah of kura, but aside from that is the fact that the person's not achieving kapara as quickly as they possibly could. It's almost like after have to recha to make sure to do so, so that they achieve that kapara. So therefore, the, so therefore Moshe was very, very opposed to mausoleums, and that is the, that's the din, that's the accepted psaq, is that we don't, we don't bury people in mausoleums. Um, it does happen, people who, who don't know these halachas will, will do so. But uh, but it's re- but it's really not not the right thing to do, and it's, n- it's not the mitzvah of kurosa mace, and can be the violation of Baltalin as well. As a, and, and and especially and added on to that, the you know the tsar that that exists for the neshama when that happens. Um, something that sounds similar but is actually very different is the issue of what's called uh, concrete vaults. They actually um, at one point they and some cemeteries still require this in certain states that they actually place um, concrete around the sides of of the grave. We don't do this here in New Jersey. Um, but they would do that. Um, there are certain areas where they're nervous that, that, the, that the earth will fall in. Um, there are all kinds of reasons why they, why they require it. In the old days, actually, in the, 18, uh, you know, in, in the early days when they were first creating these, this concept, actually, the reason was because there were individuals who were robbing graves for, um, you know, to do experiments, etc. They didn't have bodies for medical schools. And apparently, they were, the people would rob graves. They'd rob graves because there were people with valuables in them. Um, and so in order to combat uh, grave robbery, that's one of the reasons why, if you look at it, they have one of these, a patent for one of these actually has in it, uh, one of the reasons was an issue of grave robbery. Um, so because of that, they created these, these concepts. So the question was raised to, again, some of the posts about that time, is this permissible? Like you're supposed to bury in the ground, and this is the ground, this is concrete. Is that okay? So one of, the, one of those who was asked the question was, were you an inspector? Rizal Khan Inspector was the Rav and Kovna, the Kovna Rav. Um, if anyone's ever heard of the place where a lot of the rabbis get smicha, they call the Rabbi Isaac Achanan Theological Seminary. That is Rav Yitzchak Achanan. Rav Yitzchak Achanan Inspector passed away the same year that Ritz began. Um, and so when they named the yeshiva, they named it after Rav Yitzchak Achanan. The Kovna Rav was one of the greatest postcom of his generation. So he was asked this Shiloh by an American rabbi. Um, and uh, he, in, in, in the Shiloh, actually, the, the, the rabbi wrote, and the reason they're doing this is because of grave robbery, um, is there a, a way to allow such a thing? So the uh, Yitzhak Khan writes that he thinks it's permissible. Uh, why? So he quotes a number, of, a number of points. One of them is Nodi Behuda. Nodi Behuda writes, the minog, and this remains the minog, actually, they, they place earth on the eyes and mouth of, of, of a nifter before, the, before they're buried. Um, the Shach also writes um, that they, some of the minog to place actually like earthenware, on the face of the of the nifter, um, so so and they weren't concerned about you know uh, the bodies not being placed in the earth. Rizal um, writes that cement is actually made; it's better than earthenware. Uh, it's made of earth, 
That's what it is. Um, so uh, the Rambam the Ramb- also writes a person in theory could be buried under, if they use stones to bury somebody, if you use stones to do that, that'd be permissible also. So he doesn't see an issue with burying somebody in concrete because it's actually concrete. We don't think about it that way, but it actually is earth itself. That's what it's really made of. Uh, Moshe had the same shell in source number 12, and he writes a similar concept as well. This case was because of the, uh, it had so much rain. It was so wet in the area, so the, the, the graves would fall in. Right? from cement. Is that okay? They, they put earth in, but it's all surrounded by cement. So he says that cement, who could then offer it's the same thing. Because just like we mentioned this idea before, you can bury even under under stones. So the so the uh, sort of Moshe has no problem with this also, and this remains the the approach in, in many places in the United States, uh, depending on the climate, etc. That they actually do bury in this fashion, so that is permissible. So even though the idea of a mausoleum is not permissible, uh, uh, a, a vault which is underground and it's and it's uh, part of the you know part of the grave itself, and again made out of cement, uh, which is earth, so that's not a, and it ends up that the entire you know Arun is covered by dirt anyways. So that's not something that they were concerned. The posting were, were concerned about. Um, another issue that is a really significant issue, not in the Orthodox community, but in the non-Orthodox community, is the issue of cremation. And cremation is universally accepted by all the poskim as being absolutely forbidden, and it really, really, really uh, like considered to be zayim to the mace. It's a uh, you know really considered a nivala mace to 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 burn a body. It's considered uh, really a terrible thing to do in the halacha and Ashkafa, and really something that you know that you have. You have individuals who who fight very hard to make sure that uh, that cremation does not take place for a Jewish person, though, because the, one of the reasons cremation takes place because it's it's less expensive than burial, um, and uh, and it's something that many have have you know really railed against. And Mun Kancha Rebbe has a chuva he writes that someone who chooses cremation shows they don't believe in uh, you know in tchias amesim and they shouldn't be buried in a Jewish cemetery. It's a big discussion in the post if that's really true. You know, could you bury the, the ashes of someone who was cremated in a Jewish cemetery? You know, some are makal. But the idea of cremation is certainly something that goes, as we can see, so much against the concepts that we've mentioned of the, you know, the concern for Bizayon Hames, the concern for Kapara that happens when the body is, being, is able to be kind of accepted back into the ground. If we preempt that with cremation, that's considered really the opposite of, of all the mitzvahs that we've, you know, the concepts we talked about until now. Um... Fine. So, so we mentioned so far the mitzvah of kavura, the iser of delaying a kavura, um, the concept that the kavura should be bakarka, not in a mausoleum, not through cremation, uh, in a in a vault would be permissible. But the question, really, you know, that we had that I that I really want to talk about for a couple of minutes also is why is it so, um, in a certain sense, very central to who we are? This idea of the idea of uh, the mitzvah of kavura that we're, we we treat this mitzvah in a very very sacred way. Um, and I think that part of it actually goes, you know, even to a Gemara, which, which if you've seen the last source in the page, source number 16, that Darash of Sumlai, a very well-known Gemara in Sota, Torah begins with Chesed and ends with Chesed. How's that? 
The very beginning of, the, of, of time, Adam and Chava sin against HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they rebel against him, they even ate Adas, and then at that moment they realize that they have no clothing, they realize that they're naked. And what happens? Hashem makes them clothing. Uh, it's, it's, it's an even greater level of chesed, which we don't always think about, because of the fact of what they had just done. They had just valued the only mitzvah that Hashem had given them, they violated that mitzvah, and then at that moment they realized that they have nothing to clothe themselves with. Nakash Baruch Al Af, that they had just rebelled against him, makes the clothing for them. It's a very beautiful moment. Um, it's a sad moment, but also a very beautiful moment. And the same thing, at, that's the very beginning of the Torah. The very end of the Torah is when Moshe at the very, very end, the very last moment of the Torah itself, the last scene we have is a Kadash Baruch Hu burying Moshe Abenu himself. Yes, Hashem buries Moshe so that no one else will know where he's buried. But the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu Bechvodu goes ahead and buries Moshe Rabbeinu is seen as a tremendous chesed he does for him. And uh, some have pointed out the Torah begins with chesed and ends with chesed because that means if something, if, if something begins with, if, if a book begins with something and ends with it, what does it tell you what's, what's inside in the middle? And the answer is that, the, that the, the rest of the Torah is also about chesed in different ways. Um, but, but again, the idea of the, the tremendous chesed that is that is Kavura, I think is very important. We're going to talk about that more in a second. Uh, the Zohar um, also mentions this idea that, that the human being, right, what is a human being in the end? Uh, a human being is called Adam, because they come, Mina Adama. Um, and that's why in the end, we place the Adam who comes from Adama back in the Adama at the end, back on the earth at the end. Um, and, and why is that? Because it's the, what's the difference in a certain sense between a human being and an animal? The difference is the neshama. That's the only difference at all. Right? So the fact that we, we treat the body uh, in, with such respect at the end comes as a recognition of the spiritual... What, you know, th- this, this body was not just a, a body that housed an animal. It's a body that housed a, a piece of the bonusholam. And therefore we don't disregard it we don't just leave it somewhere but we take it and we and we clean it and we clothe it and we place it in the ground to be accepted back in in a very respectful manner um and, and it's a it's a reflection says the zohar of that which was in that which that which it held right in the same way and and the fact that we do this with sifrei torah and the fact that we do this with with tefillin with mezuzahs with sfarim that we take them and what do we do with them we bury them in the ground. It's the same exact concept. Um, it shows a certain respect. You don't just throw something away, but you, you, you put it in the ground, you bury it. It shows a certain respect that you give to that, to that item. And it's a kavachomer for a human being. And it's actually is reflected also in the Gemara in source number 14. The Gemara If a person is there when an individual passes away, not that relative. Even the person is not your relative. But you're there at the moment of death when a person when a person's neshama leaves their body, a person should tear kriya. Um, why is that? If a person who is rachman son of would see uh, a a Torah being burned, chayav to tear kriya. She never sees such a thing. We would see it. You chayav to tear kriya. What's the what's the what's the relationship between a sefer Torah being burned and a human being that passes away? Why is that? What, why is, what's the connection there? So the the um, Ramban in Torah number fifteen on this Gemara writes, "Vilinirasha nefesh beguf kaskaras begevilin." That the that the nefesh in the body 
is like the words on the page of a Sefer Torah. So in the first point, just to say what a, what a loss it is, right? Everyone understands uh, that the loss of a Sefer Torah being, being burned is like this horrible thing to see the, the, the words of the Yubon Shalom, right? The, 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 the words of, of Torah being burned is like, it's, it's just, it's, it's horrible to see. Um, so that's just on, on the one hand, so the loss of a human life is the same thing. But, but even more than right? that, if a person sees a, a, a person pass away, so they have to accrue, it's like watching a Sefer Torah being burnt. Because the, every single human being is like a Sefer Torah. Right? You stand for a Tamachacham that walks in the room, you stand up. Right? You stand for a, a Zokin, you stand up. A Sefer Torah that passes by, we stand up. A human being has, has a Chelek Alokamimah, just like the Sefer Torah has the words of the Yubam inside of them. A human being has the Yubam inside of them. And so we treat, again, the Sefer Torah and a human being in exactly the same way. The Chavetz Chaim in the Sefer Avaz Chesed um, has a whole uh, section specifically uh, dedicated to the mitzvah of Kvura and the, and the, the Chesed that's involved. The Sefer is called Avaz Chesed, obviously. So he focuses on the Chesed element. And he writes very beautifully. You don't have it on your page. But he writes... Uh, just really so, so nicely. He says, right? so Get the fact that it's a mitzvah say the right to bury somebody. It's, it's, a, it's a chesed, and it's it's, it's even greater than just a chesed. You've heard this before, right? That, 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 the, that the mitzvah of kvura is the, the one true chesed a person can do. You can't get paid back. For that chesed. It's a chesed that you do for the individual that they can never do themselves and they can never do anything for you ever again. And he says, that's what you find um, in Chazal, and the Gemara Moikatan says the following concept, Mace by ear, if a person passed away in a city, that technically, when an individual passes away, the entire community is forbidden to be involved in their work. Why? Even though there are relatives available to help, if if there aren't people there, enough people to help take care of the body, no one can do malacha until the person is taken care of. And why is that? To make sure that everyone gets involved in taking care of the, the individual. Today, obviously, we have Chabra Kadishas, we have people who are, who are specifically designated for this, he writes, and that's why we don't have this halacha anymore. But the concept that the entire community would have to stop work, one person passed away, it's one individual, okay? You know, what's the big deal? It's one person, it happens, right? It's part of life, no. If one person passes away, the entire community stops to make sure the needs of the mace are taken care of. And he goes even further. He says, we also have a, a, a rule, right? That if, a, that if a, there's a, at the time of Levaya, we're people who are learning Torah, they stop learning. And they come specifically, they come to, uh, to the funeral. And he says, There can be hundreds of people right at the funeral, it doesn't matter. He says, until 600,000. Why 600,000? And he says beautifully, when a Torah is taken away, Torah meaning a human being, when a Torah was given at Harsinai, how many people were there? 600,000 Jews. So when a Torah is taken away from us, we should also have 600,000 people there. And he says it doesn't matter if the person was older. It doesn't make a difference no matter who it is. It's our responsibility to be there and take care of the needs of the maze. And he says, He says, I'm saddened sometimes with places where they're not so careful about this. 
A few people are there to take care of the body. Okay. A few people come, it's fine. He says, not right. He's not talking about when the Gedolei Ador passed away. He's saying when any Jewish person passes away, there should be people there to give cover to this individual. Um, and he talks also about the, the importance of, of making sure that a person is buried right away. They shouldn't delay because of the tsar for the mace. But the bottom line is this idea that, that we have this uh, incredible mitzvah that we should never have, but we, we do. It's the reality of life. And that the, the sensitivity with which Chazal take this mitzvah uh, of burying a mace, of not delaying the burial, is taken so seriously because every single human being is considered like a Sefer Torah. I remember, I, I think the first time I was really exposed to this mitzvah in such a unique way was when I lived in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, there were very few people available to, uh, to take care of these types of needs. Um, I actually, the first time I was involved in the, in the Hebra Kadisha at that point, because again, there weren't as any, many people to do so, to watch a Hebra, the, the, the sincerity, the kindness, the, the, the dignity and grace um, with which they treated every individual who had passed away was something just remarkable. It's just remarkable to see. And I had an individual actually uh, who, who uh, worked with me in Charleston's name was Rabbi Admon. And he was, a, he was himself a member of Zaka in Eretz Yisrael and was tr- so, so, so careful in the midst of Kuros Mace when we would be in a funeral that we would always do the Kuros all, all ourselves. Not have, you've seen this, I'm sure you've seen this at funerals also that, that we're makbed, that the family and the, and, the, and the community should be the ones to bury the person and not to have the workers do it. Sometimes you have to, you have no choice. But why is that? It's not because we're, we're you know, not nice to the people who work at the cemetery. It's just the opposite. It's because the mitzvah kavortik baren is a mitzvah say to do, but it's a mitzvah say that represents the, the, the regard that we have for every single Jew. Every single person should have the zuchus to have other Jews, people from their community, from their family, bury them themselves. And again, it's a chesed that's done that can never be repaid. A chesed that's done just to show a person who has no way of carrying themselves anymore with dignity, carrying themselves in a respectful way they should get respect, they can't take care of themselves anymore. It's not their choice. They are unable, they're incapable of providing that respect for themselves. It becomes our responsibility to do it for them. And I remember I was struck so much during that time to see that, that kavod that was given to all kinds of individuals, people we had never met, um, and that we spent you know, so many hours and so much time and so much care to take care of these individuals, besides the fact that it gave so much comfort to the families, but just in terms of the respect that was given to the individual. And, I, and, I, and if you ask me, I think that speaks to why we, we treat this mitzvah with such, such regard and such, uh, make it so central, to be honest, and so special in our, in our, in our communities, in our religion, that we treat first the mitzvah of burial in such a special way, because it reflects the way we're supposed to treat other people. Uh, if we treat individuals this way after they pass away, how we should treat them when they're alive. And it just, it just speaks to the kedusha of every Jew, no matter who they were, no matter how they lived their lives, no matter what they'd seen in their life, what they've done in their life, the fact that we treat every person with that dignity, with that respect, it's, it's such a musr. It's such a musr. And I don't like going to funerals, I don't like being at funerals, but when you are at a funeral and we have the ability to, to, to treat this individual with such regard and with such kavod, it, it drives home that message, the value of every human life, the value of every human being, the value of every Jew, and the value of the, of the chelik al-kamimah that's, that exists within every person. So again, it, we, uh, we shouldn't know from this mitzvah, it's not a mitzvah that we, that we want to be involved in, but when we are, we should recognize, A, the halachos, A, the halachos, to know that we, do it, that we should, do, it should be done the right way, but B, 
the, the lesson, the lesson that we shall learn each and every time we're involved in the mitzvah, the, the, the absolute tremendous regard, the sense of every individual has that, that every individual deserves that dignity, deserves that respect, deserves to be treated like, like a Sefer Torah Mamish. It's really a very special, uh, special concept that we should continue to take, uh, take with us throughout our lives. So yeah, thank everybody for, uh, for joining us. And uh, Mitzvah Shem, we will uh, continue on.